0: You guys glad to be here? Are you, though? Are you glad? Hey, would you give it up for the worship team? Do they not do awesome? And and not only that, like, it's easy to say good job to the worship team, right? Because they're here in front of you, like, every weekend. But how about the, the kids' departments? Can we say a good job? Can we give a round of applause to the kids' departments? The parking teams are out there doing full force, going away, and my favorite team, the ice cream team, man, they are just balling, and it's the best. We get free ice cream here. I don't know how we got so lucky. Church is amazing. Do you love church? Come on. Man, I want to challenge you guys today. We, we just had a first Wednesday service here, and uh, if you've never been to a first Wednesday service, I encourage you to be here. Uh, we had an amazing service. It was we called it a youth takeover, and every aspect of our service was what you would see if you were a part of our youth uh, in our youth, in which you can't be because you're too old. So it's just for middle school and high school students, and that's the cap. We don't let anybody over that. You can't. We've had people try and. We're uh, actually signing a petition to get security here so we can keep those people out. But, but we had an amazing time, and we started a new series called Life's Toughest Questions, um, and it was, it was so cool. We've been asking students to share with us questions that you have uh, about life, about God, about your faith. Uh, Any kind of question you have, big or small, hard to talk about, or easy to talk about, we want to know them. And the questions just started rolling in, and they were so cool. Some of the best questions, how do you prove that God is real, or how how am I supposed to believe in something that I can't see, and one of my favorite questions, and I don't know why, it just is my favorite question, but somebody said, why would I want to be a follower of Christ if the only thing that happens is I get more hardships, more trials, my life gets harder and not easier. And I'm like, that is the best question. I love that question because it's true why would I do this if life just seems to get harder and harder and we're gonna hit it because guess what life doesn't get harder and harder it gets easier and easier because you have God on your side and you're walking in the grace and and it doesn't matter our circumstances don't matter our circumstances don't matter when our life is founded on the Word of God so we're super and this last Wednesday we hit the question God or no God and, and basically our deal is we just want to open up a conversation. I'm not giving answers. We're not saying you're right, you're wrong. We just want to talk about it. Could we just have a, a, a genuine conversation and, and maybe we could see things from a different perspective and we hit the thing, God or no God. And, and what's great is we just challenge people, hey, how do you prove, you personally, how do you prove that God is real and we just kind of went into a little bit and we talked about the story of creation and and uh, and i'm not re- necessarily going to get into it but i just said hey we say the, the, the god created the heavens and the earth and everything here in six days on the seventh day he rested and i think it's possible but i just don't think it's necessarily biblical um and and, and i know right now you're like time out what is he talking about and it's okay just go watch the service and you'll understand uh but it was really good. We just wanted to challenge people, and that's really what I want to do today. I just want to challenge you guys. I want you to leave here um, maybe a little bit uneasy. Um, The last couple times I've spoken, it's just been really, like God really wants me to encourage people, and that's been so fun, and I love it, and and this today is just, I just feel like God wants us to be challenged a little bit, and God wants us to kind of leave here. Maybe you didn't take the step that we're going to the, the step of action that we're going to ask you to take, but, but I want you to leave here thinking about it. I, I hope that you leave here, and the rest of the week you're thinking about this service. The rest of the week, you're, you're, man, God just starts to begin to work on you, and, and because you've been challenged today, and we're going to start with, in the book of, of Genesis, and we're talking talk about the story of Jacob and Esau, and we've, we've heard this story many, many times, and we preach it all the time, and I know I've done messages on Jacob and Esau, and my dad sent messages on Jacob and Esau, and if you don't know the story, they're twins, and uh, they were born, and and one of them was named Esau, and that means Harry, and Jacob means deceiver, and I just, I question what people were thinking back in those days when they named people. Um, I mean, you named your kid Harry and deceiver, (laughs) high expectations, you know, and, but (laughs) But I think it's cool because I think the name game has come a long way since then. Uh, I think we've done a really good job. I think we still have some areas we need to work on. Like we have like, uh, like creativity is alive and well today in the name game. I don't know if you know this, uh, but creativity is thriving. And I know of one little girl, and, and this is how you spell her name, okay? Just follow me, but this is how you spell her name. It's the letter L, A. Dash. A. And her name, Ladesha. One more time. L-A-A, Ladesha. That is the coolest name that you could ever have. I practiced like, what would my signature be like if that was my name? The name game has come so far. We've done so well. We're getting creative with it. And, But, you know, we still have areas we need to work on, like, like the name Sean, right? We have 115 different ways to spell Sean. We have Sean, we have seen, and then we have Sha'un, you know? It's like, (laughs) it's like, how do you introduce, like, what's the point, you know? Why can't, it's, yeah, but we've come so far, and it's been good, and we're doing really well, you guys. We really are, and you have Jacob and Esau, and they're born and they have quite the relationship as they grow up and it seems like every time they turn around one of them's trying to pull the rug out from the other one. And I have two brothers and, and we, we, we've had quite the relationship growing up too and it's only been three boys in the house and so it's just it's like rough and rowdy and, and fights and that's just normal for us, you know, outdoors building forts, sleeping overnight and in the backyard and you know, for the longest time, it's always been two against one. That's just kind of how we've done it. Um, the very early years, it was Evan and TJ versus me, and they would chase me around the house and, and terrorize me and, and, and just do unthinkable things that, that we couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I've forgiven them, I've released it. Um, but I, I learned that I could pay TJ off, and once I learned that, it became me and TJ versus Evan. So all that, all that you know, held up anger, I've released it. We got him back. We terrorized him to the point of like fist fights and yelling and screaming and shoving and taking a stand of faith like we've never taken before and, and it's just we've had quite the relationship and I kind of relate with Jacob and Esau in some areas and they get to the point like like one part of the story is Esau he's been out hunting. He's the hunter and Jacob's more of the fashionista. He stays at home and cook every time we see Jacob he's cooking. It doesn't make sense. I'm trying to figure him out still but but Esau's out and he's hunting and he's kind of the man and he 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 comes to this point where he he, I just think he didn't prepare quite well and he gets to this point where the Bible talks about how he's at the point of death. And 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 what what Esau has that Jacob doesn't is a birthright because he's the oldest and he gets the inheritance. He gets everything passed down to him and and he gets to this point where he makes the worst negotiation in the history of mankind. And he gives away his birthright for a bowl of Jacob's famous soup. Um, And what's interesting about this part of the story, and I'm not going to stay here long, but it just really shows me that we need to be careful of the temptation to trade what we want most for what we want now. How often do we trade what we want most for what we want right now? And we see it all the time, and, and, and it's easy to look at young people and and dating, and how they trade what they want most, God's blessing on their life and on their marriage, and they trade that for what they want right now, what they can have in these five, 15 minutes, seconds, or whatever it is, and it's easy to look at the young people, but what about you and your career, and, and, and where you want to go, and how often do we trade what we want most, success and, and, and financial freedom, and how often we, do we trade financial freedom for those shoes we want right now? Huh? I mean, how often do we trade financial freedom for a night out, a, a date night? I'm just saying, just be careful that we don't trade what we want most for what we want right now. And he, and he, and he sells his birthright to his brother. And, and later on, it says he despises his birthright. And that, that makes me sad that we could take the thing that's rightfully ours and we could begin to look bad upon it because of decisions that we make. And I think we've all been there before. I think we've all had things that, that, that God has given us, and, and because we traded it, because we gave it, gave it away, or we got rid of it in a way that's not right, we begin to look bad and look down and despise the, thing, the gift because of decisions we made. And, but you fast forward a little bit, and you get to the point where their father, Isaac, is about to pass away, and he calls his son, Esau, and says, Hey, before I die, here's what I want you to do. I want to bless you. You get the blessing because you're the oldest. I want you to go out into the field, and I want you to, to, to hunt some game, and, and come back and cook some food. And in my Bible, it's, it's, just, it's just a funny little, he says, "I cook me the food that I love, and, and, and feed it to me, and then after I'm done eating, I'll bless you. And the story goes, and Esau goes out to do what he's been asked to do, and uh, their mom, who loved Isaac more than Esau, is listening, and she starts scheming, and she sets Jacob up to go in and steal the blessing and he, he, he I mean I'm sure we know the story he puts on goat skins and goat fur and like a I don't know bear cloak or something like that and he walks in and says dad I'm here and he said who is it he said it's me Esau and he said okay come here let me feel you and he feels like the goat skin is like yep that's my son Esau and I'm like good golly yeah it's weird Harry was a good name it makes sense, you know, and, and anyways, we know the story. He steals the the blessing, and I want to show you guys in Genesis, uh, kind of we'll just pick up on this on this story, and it's in chapter uh, 27, and we're going to look at verse 30, and we'll pick up right here, and it says, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had left the presence of his father Isaac, his brother Esau arrived from the hunt. He also made some delicious food and brought it to his father. Then his father said, Let my father get up and eat some of this son's game so that you may bless me. But his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I'm Esau, your firstborn son. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably. Who was it then, he said, who hunted game and and brought it to me? I ate it all before you even came in and I blessed him. Indeed, that man will be blessed. And when Esau heard his father's word, he cried out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me too, Father, bless me too. And, but he replied, Your brother came in and deceitfully took your blessing. And so he said, Isn't he rightfully named Jacob? For he has cheated me twice now. He took my birthright, and now he has taken my blessing. Then he asked, Haven't you saved a blessing for me, Dad? And Isaac answered Esau, Look, I have made him master over you, have given him all of his relatives as servants, and have sustained him with grain and new wine. What then can I give for you, my son? And Esau said, Dad, do you only have one blessing? Bless me too. And Esau wept loudly. Then Isaac is Father answered him and said, look, your dwelling place will be away from the riches of the land, away from the dew of the sky above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will break free from his yoke around your neck. And Esau right here held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And Esau determined in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. And then I will kill my brother. It's quite the story. And I begin to feel bad. When I read this, I feel bad for Esau. Like my heart, I mean really, I I read that and and I don't feel like I could read it with enough emotion. I feel like when I read that and I read it out loud that I could not do that moment in time justice. That we couldn't paint a clear enough picture at the heartache that Esau began to feel. Because how hard is it when You've been asked to do something, and you go and do exactly what you've been asked to do. You do exactly what was required of you, and yet still somehow you get ripped off. I mean, how many of us have been in this situation where you do everything you know to do? You're obeying. You're on time. You work hard. You stay late. Yet the other guy gets the promotion. Now, we've been trying to have kids for years. We've done everything right, everything the doctor has asked us to do. We've changed our entire lives, and yet we can't. But they go, and on the honeymoon, they have a baby. One of my favorites is, you know how long I've been serving in this church? You know how long I've been faithful? Now I'm here when nobody even sees. I do things that nobody even knows, and they're going to make this person, who's only been here like three months, they're going to make them the team lead. They're going to tell me what to do, and see, my heart hurts for Esau until the point where he got better. See, I think it's hard where you do everything right, and you still get stolen. You still get whatever it is taken away from you. I get that. That hurts. But when you decide to become a victim, that's when the tables turn. And I no longer feel sorry, but I try and figure out how I do not do this in my life. Because it says he wept bitterly. And then he says, you know what? He should be named Jacob. He should be named. The, the name deceiver fits him so well. Because he has taken my birthright, and now look, he took my blessing. And I say time out. Because you gave your birthright away. He took my birthright. He took, no, 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 he didn't. You positioned yourself into that moment. You initiated that conversation. I wonder how many of the strongholds in our life are, are things that we've initiated. How many things that we're going through and, and we're bitter about it because they got this or, or they're doing this or I don't have that and I should. But the fact is that you put that stronghold up in your life. Do you know a, a good definition of, of the word stronghold? H- here it is. Ready? Well, that's just the way it is. Well, it's just how I was built. It is what it is. That's a stronghold in your life. And here's the deal. I believe that 90% of the strongholds in our lives are things that we've built up. Yeah, good we know the verse of John 10, 10, right? Right? The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and enjoy life and have in an abundance to the top till it overflows. This is God's desire for your life. This is his plan for your life. And a couple of weeks ago, I began to meditate this verse while I was driving, and I felt like God put it in my spirit, and he said, you're living this verse backwards. I began to think about that. How do you do that backwards? <laughs> and then he began to show me how many people are living life like this. God has come to give me life and life more abundantly, till the top, till it overflows. But there's this enemy, and he came and to kill and steal and destroy. I should have freedom in my finances, but there's an enemy, so I can't. Man, I should have freedom in my purity, but I can't because... This is just who I am. This is just how I was built. And there's this enemy, and he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. I should walk in victory every single day of my life, but I can't because this is how I was built. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. And I'm telling you, that's a stronghold in your life. And you don't have to live that way. You do not have to live with strongholds in your life. We have a decision to make, like Esau. See, Yeah, what happened to him was a bad deal. I get it. And it sucks. But he had a decision to make. I mean, he had a choice on how he handled this. And here's the deal. So many Christians choose wrong every single day. Because our decisions lead us to a place. And then, if we're not careful we will allow that place to begin to change who we are, to begin to change who we've been called to be. But in reality, like this verse, but I have come. God's given you the power to change the place that you're at. God has given you the authority to say, you know what, I'm tired of living my life this way. I no longer want to be held down. I no longer want to be held captive in bondage. I want to live in freedom. And he's given you that right but you have a choice to make you have a choice to make it's the wrong key don't worry guys listen y'all could come up here and it'd be terrible so I love our music team I really do but here's the thing we have a choice to make And the rest of the story, if we look in chapter 33, because like the rest of that story from that moment on, it's interesting, right? The rest of the story is about Jacob and Jacob's journey. Esau says, hey, I'm going to kill my brother. And from there, the story is about Jacob and him fleeing for his life. And his journey on finding who he is and who God's called him to be. and We see moments where he's building an altar and God's saying, remember me. Remember this place. And we see moments where he wrote the hit song, Stairway to Heaven, from a vision that he had. That was a joke. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) The famous part where he's wrestling with God. And he says the one-liner, I won't let you go until you bless me. And I I look at that and say, I I thought you were already blessed. I, I thought you stole the blessing. Isn't it weird how we can be so focused on what we don't have, we forget about what we do have, that the... Our perspective could be so disarrayed that we are so concerned about getting something that we don't have that we forget we actually have already been blessed. We actually already have everything we need. And that perspective can become a stronghold in your life. I wonder if your perspective is a stronghold right now, today. And I begin to think about, we know the story of Jacob, but what happened to Esau? Like, I bet you're thinking right now, like, huh, that's a good question, Stephen. (laughs) What did happen to Esau? We know about Jacob, but what about Esau? And the next time we see Esau is the moment where Jacob and him are coming to meet for the first time since the last time they saw each other, where Esau was chasing him with whatever artillery they had back then, trying to take his life. And in chapter 33, we see, now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming toward him with 400 men. And I bet in that that moment, I bet Jacob's heart sunk. Like, oh my God, there he is and he has friends. It's going to be a bad day. And then you see him start to scramble. He's like, um... Okay, I'm going to divide the children among the, the, the three wives and the, and the female slaves, and I'm going to put the female slaves first, and then I'm going to put my wife and the son next, and then another wife and the son next, and, and then I'll be there bowing on my face a couple times. Hopefully by the time Esau gets to me, he'll like have a little bit of favor on me, or he'll be tired from killing whoever. And maybe by the time he gets to me, if I show him my kids and my wives, maybe he won't do something in front of them, and maybe, maybe I, can, I can pray to God one more time. But you read in verse 4, but it says, But Esau ran to meet him, hugged him, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Then they wept. See, to me, that doesn't look like somebody who's bitter. To me, that doesn't look like someone who has unforgiveness in their heart. That's not the picture of someone who wants to kill his brother. And it makes you think, what? Can I show you guys something that somebody showed to me that challenged me down to some of the deepest parts of my heart? Can I show you something in scripture that has the power to change your perspective and possibly take some of these strongholds in our lives and crush them. Can I show you guys something in Genesis chapter 27 and verse 39. It says, look, your dwelling place will be away from the riches of the land, away from the dew of the sky above. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. Can I tell you, you have a decision to make, church. When you decide to break free, it has to let you go. I'm telling you right now, Esau, long before Jacob wrestled with God, had his own wrestling match. Long before Jacob was seeking God, Esau was seeking God. He had a decision to make, and I'm telling you, church, today, you have a decision to make. Do you want freedom, or do you want to stay a slave? Do you want freedom, or do you want to be a captive to a decision that you've made? You have a choice to make. You do. And the problem is that nobody can do it for you. You know how many people I know that all they want is someone to make a decision for me? No! You have to decide. You have to take a stance. You have to get to this point where you say, I no longer wanna live this way. I no longer wanna be held captive to this. Where the pain of freedom becomes so much more attractive than the comfort of slavery. you have to decide there's a time in my life where I have child services sitting with me and my parents on our couch and FBI agents and it's like what the heck is going on and they begin to fill me in (laughs) they begin to let me know that hey you went on that baseball trip and that baseball coach has been sexually molesting baseball players and And you be you're actually one of them, and you're like, no. You know, denial sets in, no way. And then thoughts start coming in. And you start thinking about certain things. And can I tell you that I'm so thankful that I had a man in my life that would sit me down. Stephen, you have a choice to make. You can decide to forgive him and release yourself from this. Or you can hold on to it and have it keep you captive for the rest of your life. I said, Dad, I want to forgive him. I tell you, you have a choice to make today. And for some reason, I just feel like this weekend has been about forgiveness. I get it. It hurt. I get it. It was wrong. You've been cheated. It wasn't fair. But you have a choice to make. You can decide. If you're in here. And this is where the challenge comes. Because I almost think it's insane. The definition of insanity. To come to a place that has everything you need. And for you to leave without taking all you can get. The fact that we'll come to church every single week. And everything we need to live a life that honors God. To live a life of freedom and victory. And we'll leave without taking everything we can get. You have a choice today to make. And it might be forgiveness. You might need to free yourself from the captivity of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Because the Bible says God who so freely who so freely gave and forgave us that we should forgive others. So it might be forgiveness. But what other strongholds are there? Lack. Could be unworthiness I'm not worthy to be here I'm not worthy to be in this position I'm not good enough that's you you want to make a choice today you want to make a stand today would you just stand to your feet right now wherever you're at good he is so good he's perfect in every single one of his ways That there's no situation that we could be in that he's trying to figure out how do I fix this how do I help that he would get you to a place where you're standing in a room with other people who are going after the same thing that you are freedom. Freedom. If you would, would you just make your way to the altar? Would you just take a step out? Would you just come down here and? The team's going be to begin to worship, and if you want the freedom, and you're ready to make that choice, and take that stand, I believe it requires action, so that you can get to the place where it's no longer, God, I know you came to give me life, and life abundantly but I just can't because there's this thing or this is just how my mind works or these are just the cards I was dealt or but you would get to this place where it's hey I know these are the cards I've dealt I've been dealt but God has come to give me life and life more abundantly I know it hurts but God has come to bring me back to a place of restoration to bring me back to a place where everything that's been taken from me has now been restored. Could you get to that place today before you leave where it's no longer a victim mentality but a mentality of victory? I don't know if it's unforgiveness, if it's hatred, if it's lack, if it's unrighteousness, unworthiness, whatever it is. As the team begins to worship, I believe that our praise has the power to loosen our chains. So as they begin to worship, would you just begin to praise God? Whatever that looks like for you. Realizing that you have the power to shake your chains off of you. For all those who mourn, for the broken hearted, sing louder, release from, from, prison, from prison and shame, oppression, oppression turning to praise. For every captive, sing, sing louder, restore. Come on. Come on, begin to shake the chains off of your life. Come on, sing it out. with everything you have. Come on. You have the power to leave here free. You have the power, the authority to walk out of here better than you came in. Make a decision. Right here with everything you got. Come on, sing it out. Yeah Come on. Would you lift your hands in the air with me? Not as a symbol that hey, if we do this, maybe God will do more for me. But as a position of thanksgiving, because we recognize that he has already done it, that he has already made a way, where there is no way, he has come. And so God, I just thank you right now for every person with their hands lifted, God, that they would leave here with a challenge in their heart. That they don't have to stay where they're at. That they don't have to live in this place of pain and hurt. But with one decision, with one change of their position, of their stance, that they could leave here in victory and freedom. They could leave here in right standing with you realizing that you paid the price for them to be worthy. You bled for them to be in victory. God, you have done it all. God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in this place that we would get to leave free. If you're up here and you want to take a minute and just rest in this moment and whatever it looks like if you have to wrestle with God and you have to get to the place where you're saying God I'm not leaving until you give me this blessing God I'm not leaving until you release this from me but the thing is that people are leaving here in freedom people are leaving here with a weight lifted off of their soul God is so good and if you're here in tonight the, the, the first decision that you need to make is a relationship with God that you need to make that decision that it starts with me getting my life right with God if that's you would you just lift your hand in the air for me so that I can see it thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you thank you, thank you, thank you thank you, thank you come on I want everybody to repeat this after me. Say, God, I love you. And today, I give my life to you. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Make me clean. Make me new. And I choose to honor you and serve you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, could you give God a round of applause if you head back to your seats? Come on, thank you. You can be seated.